football Wednesday, middle of October. Football season starting to shape up. Luke Owens, Matt Watling. And if you're watching on Twitch, you will notice Matt gone last weekend, goes home, a glorious haircut in preparation for a real big day this weekend. You know, and in, in, in that preparation, Luke, not only did I, we unfortunately had to cancel Monday's show, but the open here was a little rough, you know, two minutes late due to some technical difficulties. If you will, I'll have to clean that up in post when I go to post the podcast, which you can find, Luke, um, anywhere you get your podcast now, right? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, not Google Play because we are not <laughs> Google phone users. That's Kick right. Rocks, my dad, Kick Rocks, Ben Greco. Do people actually use Google Play? Like, has anyone ever used it? I think my dad does. If he listens to podcasts, I don't know. Okay. Well, either way, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review on Apple, all that good, all that good stuff. Um, we'll be off next week, however. Uh, at least I will. I think you're going to be off, too. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. We got we to gotta go through some, some real changes here, Luke, because as many of our, our listeners know, not all, uh, we both got new jobs. Right, right throughout the last couple of weeks, I'll be working, uh, you know, night times with Disney streaming for the NHL coverage. You've got some stuff uh, going on as well. I don't know if you want to divulge it right now, but we've That's got right. to we've got to figure out when we can do the show and hope we can get things done. Um, you know, maybe we'll try to get like a six to seven type show if that's an option that we could consider. Um, but it won't be at eight thirty to nine thirty on a Monday, Wednesday, maybe we can sprinkle in a couple of Monday, Wednesday, uh, eight 30 to nine thirties, you know, depending on when, you know, my, my off days are and, and vice versa, but we'll try to get some stuff out to you guys. We want to do it. Uh, but we'll see what happens, Luke, because this is not the end of the Wilding and Owen show. At least I hope I want to work really hard to try to find us some time throughout the weeks, but we'll, we'll make things work. Yeah, we will for sure. I'll have a new job. We'll both be working nights, which makes it kind of tough. Uh, I will be the new job I will have will be a husband and that'll be going down on Saturday and no, it will not be to Matt Walling as many of the, the listeners might think, but he'll be up there right next to me. He'll be in charge, Matt, of, of ho- carrying the rings, holding on, right. them, making sure they don't get lost. So uh, I, I trust you with that task. I trust that you will make a very solid speech that I will, I will certainly cry through. I think you could say anything and I'll cry. It can be a very emotional day, but that is why we will be off next week. Well, Luke, two things. One, I've got practice holding the rings. And I learned at my brother's wedding that it's supposed to go in the back pocket for pictures, but it can't be in the back pocket, you know, when I have to hand you the ring. It's got to be in the hand because the, the, the pocket to hand to my brother time was way too much. It was, dis- it was disgraceful. It took too long. And then secondly, Luke, do you think I've written the speech yet? What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going to say no, based on your brother's wedding and how late you were for that. That's right. Haven't even taken a sniff at it. Which, but, again, know, kind of a bad guy move, but it's okay. We'll move on. Uh, listen, and, and can we get to the tuxedo thing here? I know we've got a lot to talk about, Luke, and we'll dip into the 932-ish range since we started late. But you yelled at me all for all summer long, complaining that I didn't get my tux fitted yet or go to the men's warehouse. And guess what, Luke? Mine ca- mine came in just when yours did. I'll see you there tomorrow. So so yeah. can I get a little? Can you take? This is also Can false. you eat your words? No. Take it back. Take it back. I I won't take it back because I already have my tux. Do you have yours? No. You're getting yours two days after mine. I got mine yesterday. So yeah, that would yesterday? make yesterday. Wow. Yes. 
that'll okay. take a two day. I'm first. getting mine the same day as everybody else. All right. So can you yeah. eat your words? Eat them. No, I will not eat my words. You're still a bad guy. I'm You're not a bad guy. I'm a great guy. Words, and you haven't even written the speech yet. We're we're three days away here. Okay, and you know what? Last time I last time I wrote a speech the night before, everybody cried, including myself. All right. So well, I don't think it's gonna be as sappy as my brother's was, though. I don't think that's not my role in this wedding. Oh, are you gonna because, take some shots at me? Make some jokes at my expense? I mean, I think one of the things that the has classic, to be included uh, is role. the fact that you you met two of the most important people in your life, both on social media. That's true. That's a great line. Uh, no, again, I trust you're going to do a great job. I'm not worried about that. So that, that that's something I'm not worried about. Um, but yeah, we're excited. It's going to be a good weekend. Um, we've got a lot to get to today. A lot of One guy I am worried about, Luke, is, is Kyrie Irving, if you will. That's right. Kyrie Irving will not be playing for the Brooklyn Nets this year. At least that's what it looks like right now after uh, things were kind of you know passed around within the Nets organization. Uh, of course, the New York City uh, mandate is that uh, you have to be vaccinated in a, in a public setting like that. So Kyrie Irving would have to be vaccinated to play for the Nets. Um, his the, the practice facility was deemed the private business, so he would have been able to practice. But uh, the GM of the Nets, Sean Marks, uh, has said that Kyrie will not play this year. It won't be a part-time role. It won't be at all. He won't be with the team. Uh, Steve Nash said everyone had their say. It's t- uh, it takes time to make decisions like this. This is a difficult decision, but I think it was a sound one and one that makes complete sense to everyone. And I'll say this, Matt, I completely agree with the decision because you can't have a guy that's half in, half out. A guy that's going to only going to be there for half the games. That if you get the number one seed and you host the playoffs, he's not going to play in the majority of those games either. I mean, there's just too many question marks there. Um, so say what you want. The best uh, ability is availability, and if Kyrie Irving is not able to play in those home games. You don't want to mess with your rotations. Don't want to mess with the chemistry. You know, oh, Kyrie's going to be here Monday, but he's not going to be here Wednesday and things like that. So I think the Nets made the right decision here. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, first of all, it's just very hypocritical sort of thing to have him play away games and not home games. You know, he could have played uh, at at the Garden because he was a road player and, and not at the Barclays Center, which is ridiculous. But I saw that to say, I don't really care what his reasons are for not getting vaccinated in, in this setting. He has that right to, to do it. I wish he would come forward instead of having sources tell us that he wants to be the spokesperson for people that are you know losing their jobs due to the mandate. Well, you're not speaking to us. And ironically enough, you did just lose your job because of a vaccine mandate. And, and where has that gotten him? Nowhere. So if, if I'm the, the Nets, I'm disappointed. But this is still a championship caliber team with or without Kyrie. Right, you look at the pieces that they put together. You look at the the depth that they've created. I think they're a better team this year than they were last year. You know, with or without yeah. Kyrie, you bring in. You know, James Harden's still there. Patty Mills is a. I wouldn't say he's a great starting option, but he can start basketball games for you. You have to hope that Joe Harris is better after you know last year's playoff debacle, and I think he will when you have a fully healthy James Harden. And there's been a lot of questions with health, Luke, for this for this team specifically. And sorry to go on a bit of a rant here. But I don't see any issue with James Harden's health. He's perennially been very healthy, you know, most of his career. And last year, you saw how he showed up to camp. He was overweight and out of shape. And I think that took a big toll on him the entire season and down the stretch. Now he's healthy. He's happy. He's happy to be in net. And I think he's going to play not all 82 games, but I think he'll play 75 games. And I think he'll play every game of the playoff. Yeah, I think he will too. I mean, he's a guy that wants to play. And I think, the nice part about having James Harden is when you had Kyrie and KD, 
those are guys that both need their rest. And now you can get KD rest. And when KD rests, you're not automatically going to lose a game. You still have a superstar controlling the ball in James Harden. And he kind of has the ability to morph from being the, the 1A guy, the guy that can control the ball, can shoot, or he can be the B. He can kind of take a back seat. He can distribute to Joe Harris. He can distribute to Kevin Durant. And I think that's what makes James Harden such a spe- special player and a real breath of fresh air. I mean, to get you know a superstar in there, and I think this really helps the morale of Kevin Durant because he came in with Kyrie, and you know at the beginning it was like, I'll do whatever Kyrie does. You know, It only matters what Kyrie wants. But now he has another buddy and another really talented buddy, uh, a more talented buddy than Kyrie Irving and James Harden that loves the game, that wants to win championships. And to me, it seems like they're maybe an even better pairing. I mean, we've seen them before at OKC, but James Harden wasn't the James Harden he is today. So I think from a team standpoint, they're in a really really good spot. Organizationally, I think that's where it gets really interesting because uh, it came out today from Shams uh, over at Stadium that – Kyrie Irving's contract will not be uh, extended after next season, which is the last year of his contract, at least right now. It looks like the Nets are done with Kyrie. I think that's a good decision, but you're paying him a lot of money still uh, on that contract for next year. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. That's the thing. I mean, I assume by next year he'll probably be able to play, but, you know, does he have any trade value? Would anyone trade for him knowing this is a guy that, to me, would just retire if he gets traded somewhere he doesn't want to be? It seemed like Brooklyn was the one spot that could maybe make him happy and it still seems like he doesn't really want to be there. Yeah, and I think that's a that's. I just think he's done with basketball, Luke. Right? Doesn't it feel like he's just checked yeah, out with basketball? I don't think he and, wants it. Yeah. And maybe he pulls an MJ where he goes retires for a couple of years and comes back and feels reinvigorated. Maybe this is that that sort of a year for him where he sits out and realizes, damn, I really miss basketball. You know, hopefully that's the case for him because he's a fun player to watch, and you know, you, you want to watch him play as much as you can. But it's a really, really good sign for the Nets that they still could be win a championship even without him. The only concern with him, you know, leaving the Nets at any point is does KD go with him? Does KD go elsewhere? Or does he stick in, in Brooklyn? And he's got a nice thing here in Brooklyn, does Kevin Durant. If Kyrie leaves, this is KD's team, right? You can say it's Harden's team too, but really, if Kyrie leaves, this is Kevin's team. He's a guy that's wanted to kind of create a legacy for himself. And if Kyrie ends up moving on and they don't extend him, this isn't a super team anymore, right? It's a very good team. It's a championship caliber team, but it's not like the Golden State Warriors a couple of years ago. It's not like the Nets were supposed to be with Kyrie. It's still a championship team. And maybe people, you know, that are KD haters gain some respect for him for, you know, sticking it out with this team. Yeah, I mean, when he went to Golden State, you know, that was Steph's team. That was even Clay's team, even a little bit of Draymond's team. And, and now he really has the ability. I mean, this is his team. You know, it's it's his guy. I mean, he wanted, you know, James Harden to come over. He's going to probably have some say in the moves they make. And I think the Nets are going to be happy to do that. I think the Nets have been honestly very, very nice to the players, like very helpful to the players. Like they have allowed the players a lot of leeway, the ability to pretty much do what they want. And Kyrie Irving just continually kind of stepped over that line. And you know, for Kyrie, I, I agree with you, Matt. I don't think he wants to play anymore. I don't know if it's a lack of love for the game or if he just has his mind elsewhere. And you know what? That's fine. But at the end of the day, you signed a contract to be here. You're signed up to play for the Brooklyn Nets here. And and to me, it, it's almost kind of going off that contract. I understand, you know, when he signed the deal that no one thought there was going to be a pandemic and a vaccine and a vaccine argument and things like that. But he's really letting this organization down. And I can completely understand Sean Marks, who's a bright guy, who's really built, I mean, multiple nice teams 
with the Nets to be like, you know what, we're done. Like, we can't take this anymore. We have the ability to get great players. We already have two other superstars. We don't really need you, Kyrie. And I don't know if Kyrie cares, but I think deep down he's probably like, man, I thought I was going to be a lot more important to this team, but now he's realizing maybe he's not. Right, and I think one thing that really stands out to me with the Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Sean Marks kind of triangle is that what Stephen A. Smith has said in everything the Nets do is run by Kevin Durant. That's the sources that he has. Well, if they're okay with benching Kyrie or, you know, sit, yep. having him sit out the whole season, and now they're willing to, you know, a source comes out and says we're not extending Kyrie, Kevin Durant at least had to understand that, that was going to happen. And, and maybe he's okay with it that, at this point, and that's the best thing that could happen for this Nets team because they could use that money, Luke, and spend it in a trillion other places that will make this team a better team. You can go out there and get a couple of really good, you know, second, you know, tertiary options that are, you know, that are guys that can play off your bench. You can get the sixth man of the year, whoever that might be, or a guy of that ilk, plus some. Or you can go out there and go find another star because you have a max contract you can offer, whether it be someone in the front court or the back court. And you have a chance to really make this team dangerous. Yeah, and going off what you first said about the, you know, KD kind of runs the organization. I mean, James Harden said it and Steve Nash said it. I mean, this was a group thing. You know, it was all of them meeting. It wasn't, you know, Marks and Nash being like, okay, Kyrie's done. It was, okay, you know, James, Kevin, like, this is what, how it's going to be. Can you guys still go out and compete? And James Harden said, we, we still have two pretty good leaders on the team. Uh, obviously, Kyrie's a leader as well, but we have myself and Kevin. We have to lead, which we're pretty good at, and go out there and, and be great every night. So I think that's an encouraging sign for the Nets is Harden seems to be all in. KD seems to be all in. And look. This team was, they had a James Harden on one leg and they had Kevin Durant uh, banged up. If, if Kevin Durant's foot's a little smaller, I mean, this team might've won the championship last year. So I, I still think they're in a really good window to compete. Oh, certainly. I completely agree. And I think the, the move to bench Kyrie just makes this team a lot easier to deal with and a lot easier to watch. If you're a fan, you know, wipe your hands clean of Kyrie. They're not placating to him anymore. They're not dealing with it anymore. When he's not vaccinated, he can't be anywhere near the team, and I think that's the best thing for Nets fans. Now, the the question that would throw a wrinkle into things is if, if he did get it and that, uh, did get vaccinated or then came back with the team halfway through the year, how that would kind of affect things. But I think you, you would think at that point he's trying to be a good soldier and, and maybe it'll work out. And if it doesn't work out, see you later. We're already playing well without you. So I think the Nets are pretty lined up here. But we'll move on. We'll move on to another team uh, that's had some, some issues of their own. That's the Yankees, of course, knocked out of the playoffs last week to the Red Sox, who are now in the championship series against the Astros, Matt. The Red Sox look pretty good. I mean, the Yankees, I still think, can sit here and say we, we should have beat them. We should have been the better team. But, I mean, Boston looks like they're on a real run here. They do look really good. And if you're a Yankees fan, I don't want to hear this this debate, do you root for the Astros or the Red Sox? If you're even thinking about rooting for the Red Sox, you're not a real Yankee fan. So it's Astros all the way, then? It's Astros. It has to be. It I would just to be. not root for anyone. I mean, that's the just, ultimate goal. You, you, you'd wish for a, a second pandemic, Luke, so that it cancels the season. Yeah, I mean, at least the Astros have won already. If I guess if they won again, it would be kind of a But But it's the shot. Red Sox. You know, it's the Jared Carabases of the world that, yeah. you know, you, you, you... Oh, clear, yeah. Like, come on now. Like, you can accept... There's Name one famous Astros fan that's, like, genuinely obnoxious to that ilk. And then that's no disrespect oh, to Carabas. That's what he does. Yeah, there, there's none. There's none. And the Yankees have a lot of those fans themselves. So obviously it's, it's one of those things. But 
Uh, as for the Yankees, uh, it was reported uh, yesterday or, or a couple of days ago that they're going to be likely to bring back manager Aaron Boone in 2021. Uh, Hal Steinbrenner, uh, according to sources uh, in an ESPN article by Buster Olney, uh, Steinbrenner likes Boone, doesn't blame him for what happened. Um, during a season generally viewed as a disappointment, Steinbrenner cited underachieving player performance as a primary reason for the team's struggles. I agree to a certain extent. I think that, like we talked about last week, if you let go of Boone, it's going to be a real kind of wake-up call to the Yankees. It's going to be, okay, this team has to, to win, and if you guys don't perform, the guy that you like is out. So I totally get that. But on the other side for me was, who are you bringing in? You know, do you really want to bring in an older, you know, a Buck Walter type or, you know, someone along that? I'm like Socha. Um, to me, you know, Boone knows the team. They seem to like him. I think that's good enough. But I think the problems, and when Hal Steinbrenner mentions player performance, I think that's true. I think that a lot of guys underperformed. I mean, DJ LeMahieu was, was horrendous compared to uh, before he got paid. Glaber Torres, granted, looked better since he moved to second, but he underachieved. Joey Gallo looked terrible after coming over from the Rangers. But then there has to be some blame. Someone needs to take the blame. And I think it comes down to roster construction. I think it comes down to the players in the position – maybe weren't put in the best position to succeed. Maybe they weren't the right players to succeed. And that lies on Brian Cashman. And that's not a fire Brian Cashman thing, but someone has to take the blame here, Matt. We, we can't sit here and say no one deserves the blame because someone has to take some of the blame for what's happened. Well, I think it's the players, right? I mean, Cashman had orders to build a team under the luxury tax. Now there's an assumption that that won't be the case after I believe it was Buster only that said they're going to be major players in free agency. So move on from the mid-tier guys that you didn't like that you had to underpay to fill out your roster, you know, whether that's, you know, Kluber, whether that's Sanchez at this point, whoever it might be, whether it's Gio Urshela at this point, go out there and bring in some big names because there's still a nucleus here that can win a title. I truly believe that, right? Between Stanton, Judge, LeMahieu, I think he gets much better after having much-needed surgery for his sports hernia, which I think, you know, impacted him for most of the season. You go from there and you hope for the best. But you can't bring back Boone and bring back the exact same roster. You just cannot afford to do that. Because if that's the case, then this team doesn't win a championship. You have to go out there and spend big money, go over the luxury tax. And I understand the Yankees want to win like the Rays do. But you know what the difference is, Luke, between those two teams? The Yankees have already spent $60 million on two players or three players. You can't, you can't go like that. They spent $60 million on Stanton and Garrett Cole. You cannot say we're not spending more money and have holes that you need to fill and then go bargain hunting. It's not how it works in this league. If you want to spend like the Rays, you have to be trading off guys like Stanton, trading off guys like Judge. You don't bring in a Garrett Cole, and instead you find three or four pieces that end up having a higher war than the individual player. And, and that's how the Rays managed to, to win their games. Yeah, and not to mention, if you want to, uh, if, if you're the Rays, they'd probably love to sign a, a John Carlos Stanton or a Garrett Cole, but they don't have the revenue, they don't have the money, they don't have the type of TV deal or the revenue for merchandise that the Yankees have. I mean, if you have the money, spend it. And I think that's going to be the monster this offseason because last year the fans were kind of groaning about it, but they said, you know what, we brought back DJ, that was a big piece. Um, we fixed, you know, a couple of other things, so maybe it'll work. But clearly it's not going to work. I mean, you can't bash your head into a wall. You know, every you can't keep bashing your head into a wall and expect not to get a, con a concussion at the end of it. And that's what the Yankees have done every year is they've bashed their heads into a wall until they get to the playoffs and they're like, maybe it'll work out, and it hasn't. And even look at the Rays. 
didn't work out for them. It didn't work out for them this postseason. You know, the Red Sox are a team that spent some good money, added some nice pieces, uh, a very, you know, athletic team, a good defensive team. Um, and that's what the Yankees need. They need, you know, a guy like Chris Taylor, who is going to be a free agent from the Dodgers, who plays outfield, who plays a little bit of infield, uh, can be a nice guy uh, to lead off on some days that DJ is not playing or, or bat wherever in the lineup. You know, they need versatile pieces. And they need a shortstop, whether it's Carlos Correa or Corey Seager or Marcus Semien. There's some really good options out there. So I think the Yankees understand what needs to happen, and I think it'll get done. If they bring in a shortstop, do, they, do, you, do you see them bringing back Gleyber Torres? Or would you bring back Glaber? That's the toughest question. And, and I think it goes back to what they do at first base. Because if they bring back Voigt or if they uh, bring back Rizzo or go after a Freddie Freeman, which I think he'll stay, or Brandon Belt, then I don't know where Glaber goes. Because you want DJ Delmayhew playing every day. So if he's not playing second, he's playing first or third. Um, but again, Glaber's a guy that you probably have to convince a team to take. I mean, he looked better at second base, but his value just isn't as high as second base. I mean, if you're a good thir- uh, shortstop, you're going to get more than a good second baseman. So if I'm the Yankees, I would give Glaber another chance, but it really depends where DJ kind of factors in and, and all that. But as you've, as we've known watching the Yankees the past few years, they need depth because guys are going to get hurt. It's just what happens. And then you have the big question in the outfield, Luke. What do you do with Hicks, the Stanton, playing the outfield again next year? I if they bring back Joey Gallo for anything more than a fourth outfielder, I'm going to be extremely disappointed because I just I can't sit here and watch him anymore, Luke. I watched maybe 15 ga- maybe maybe 15 games I watched him play, and it just it's it's awful. It's so bad to watch. Even looking at the box score, it's it's over four with three strikeouts. It's one for five with four strikeouts and a home run. It's terrible. It's terrible baseball. It is, but he plays great defense. I think that kind of. Uh, factors in there. I, I don't know. I just don't think Stanton's going to play a full season at outfield. So if you can move Gallo for an outfielder or even trade him for someone else and, and pick up a Chris Taylor, I think it works out. But it, it's hard to replace that level of defense. And he was bad for the Yankees. I'll admit that. I mean, his his on-base percentage was low. He struck out a lot. And, and the one thing I'll say about the Yankees is they're a team that is predicated on getting on base and hitting home runs. And this year, they didn't get on base like nearly enough. Like The issue was they weren't getting hits. They weren't walking. And when they did walk, they would hit in, hit into double plays. So those solo home runs aren't going to help you. You have to get on base. And Joey Gallo didn't do that last year. So I'm all for on base, guys, even if they strike out. But at the end of the day, if you have runners on and you strike out, that's what happened in the Yankees in the wild card. I mean, they didn't have a base runner, it felt like, until, you know, the sixth inning against Boston. Like, it was that bad. Whereas Boston's getting on base. They're trying to steal bases. They're doing things like that. So I'm all for analytics. But I think you need a little bit of a mix in there as well. Yeah, I certainly agree. And we'll move on. Let's, let's talk some football. It is a football Wednesday here. It doesn't uh, feel like that. You know, first half hour of the show. I know. Dominated by baseball and basketball. Who would have thought? A little hockey too, Matt. Uh, I was going to ask you if you if you caught any of the ESPN broadcast or any of the, the TNT from today. I, I heard people were raving about TNT today. Yeah, TNT looks really fun. And it, it seems like a nice balance between the more serious ESPN intermission show and, you know, the TNT one where they had Charles Barkley trying to blo- uh, save shots from Wayne Gretzky. So, Wayne, Gretzky looked really good. I mean, he, he seemed pretty funny. He was quick and, and, sh- and exciting. Uh, so, hopefully he's able to have fun because, you know, some of those so stars, they're not the, the joking type. You know, those, those mega stars. You know, Michael Jordan probably wouldn't be great on, a, uh, on, a, on an intermission no. show because he's not super loose. He might be too tense about it and too serious. So. Seems like it's fun. The graphics are good. 
Uh, I think more than anything else, like, the publicity is great, right? To have them on ESPN, you're getting ESPN radio to talk about it. You're getting, you know, Scott Van Pelt did a full game highlight of the uh, late game and, and the early game from yesterday. And you just didn't see that from ESPN before, right? You didn't, they didn't have the rights, they didn't have the stake to promote it. And now they do. So it certainly helps. Yeah, definitely great for the game. Rangers in action tonight, down one nothing to the Caps. Uh, the Islanders, Matt, in action tomorrow against the Hurricanes. A lot of people see them as a, a cup favorite potentially this year. Yes, we're ready. Very. Right. I'm excited, but there's a lot of questions on this team. I mean, you effectively replace Jordan Everly and Nick Letty with two older guys in Parise and I guess Palmieri offensively, and then Zidane Chara. So. It'll be interesting, but I think they're a good team. I like the defensive depth, that, or not the defensive depth, but I like the team that they have. So we'll see what happens. And one team that seems to have it all figured out, the Buffalo Bills. They uh, beat the Chiefs 38-20 to on Sunday Night Football, and they've got a lot of people talking. It was exactly kind of what I thought would have happened if the Bills had a game like this, where it was the national tensions kind of turned to them. It's been, you know, are the Bills the new team in town? You know, is Josh Allen the guy, you know? In, it kind of spun into, you know, what are the Chiefs? You know, are the Chiefs good enough? Is their defense going to figure it out? But, I mean, the Bills' defense was the most impressive part to me. I mean, Patrick Mahomes looked very kind of out of touch the whole game. He finished 33 of 54 passing. There were a few throws he came up short, a few throws he looked a little bit, uh, you know, confused on, things like that. The Bills threw a lot of looks at them. Uh, Greg Rousseau has been uh, just amazing for the Bills. He won the... NFL Defensive Player of the Week, five tackles for loss, and an, a really incredible interception he had. And the Bills' defense looked really good. Um, and again, Matt, it just solidifies my genius. When I said uh, a couple weeks ago the Bills were the team to beat, uh, and they go out and beat Kansas City in, in a really impressive fashion. Well, they did, and I'm not going to move the goalposts any further, Luke. You know, I said I, want them to, I wanted to see them beat a really good team, and they completely smoked Kansas City. And this is the team to beat now in the AFC. Say what you want. Right now, this is the team. They look better than anyone else. Uh, I think they played the Chargers. Maybe not, but if it, but it'd no, be they exciting. Don't. To, they don't. Okay. It'd be no. you know that's I guess their next toughest matchup, so to speak. But let's be real. The Bills are battle tested. The Chargers aren't. Right. The Chargers still seem to find ways to lose games. At least a couple weeks ago, they did. The the Bills, as of right now, haven't. So I think they're the team to beat now. If Kansas City can figure out their defense, which I think they will for the end of the season, could that change? Possibly. But in my eyes right now, the Bills are the best team in the AFC. I have no problem saying it. And I think that the road to the Super Bowl will run through Buffalo at this point. They're that good a team. Yeah, I think that's the most important point the rest of the year is can they lock up the one seed? And you look around the AFC right now, um, it's it's them, it's the Chargers and the Ravens right now at 4-1. and one. I mean, we saw the Ravens on Monday night. Um you and I very locked into that game. With oh, major, my God, I can't believe that Major happened. fantasy implications where Matt was down big going into the night. He had Mark Andrews. I had Hollywood Brown. Mark Andrews, just a phenomenal game. Uh, looked like Matt was going to complete the comeback, but Hollywood Brown catches Listen, the game winner. I, I touched the money. I wanted it to go to OT so the Colts could get the ball. Jonathan Taylor could run it in for a touchdown, and I win both my leagues. Instead, you know, the, the man upstairs strikes me down and slaps me in the face, and I deserve it. I've never had a fantasy matchup like that. I don't know about you. Like, that was the, you know, the Monday night coming down to the end. I've never had it that close before. That was insane. That was a good time. It, well, it was a great time for me. I don't know about you. I was very bad. I, literally, I mean, 
What were you saying? I was just say you you deserve the win. You've got a big weekend coming up. I'm glad I can give you that present for your wedding. That's right. I appreciate it. Uh, and obviously, uh, the the Chargers, the other four and one team, like you said, I mean that Browns game was crazy, but their defense looked pretty bad. Um, I think the Bills are certainly the most complete team right now. They lead the NFL in scoring offense, uh, 34 and a half points, and scoring defense at just a touch under 13 points allowed per game. But looking ahead to this week, this is a pretty big game I mean it might not seem like it because this is a Titans team that we talked about a couple weeks ago lost the Jets but they're three and two the Bills are four and one so if the Titans win this game they're tied they own the tiebreaker and they play in a really weak division too I mean they're going to play the Jags the Texans and the Colts two times a piece so Titans have been a team that have had the Bills number the last couple of years they they gave it to them on that weird Tuesday night game last year it's on the road so I think this is a really important game for the Bills not to sleep through they get a bye and then they play Miami, Jacksonville, and the Jets. So a nice stretch coming up. So if they can win this game, I think then they'll they'll be in a really nice position to go for that number one seed. And I think having that buy after this game is great because you have nothing to look ahead to, right? You got to sit there, take this game. You're not thinking about a game against Kansas City. You're not thinking about a division matchup against the Jets. You know, not that you're overlooking Tennessee to go face the Jets, but it certainly helps them because Tennessee's not been the team that we expected. Their defense has been really mediocre again. The offense doesn't really seem to be like we expected it to be, right? With Ryan Tannehill, with Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. But it's getting better, and it's getting there. And I think this is a game that I could see Buffalo losing, right? You came up a very big win. You're not going to go 16-1. and And Tennessee, frankly, needs the game, I think, more than the Bills do, which is, is weird to say because they're sitting at 3-2, and two, which is not – that bad right I think they're they're leading their division but oh yeah doesn't it feel like this is a trap game for the Bills where you could end up losing it yeah certainly like I said the Bills or the Titans have had their number and Derrick Henry is I mean he's a beast he's already got 640 yards averaging 128 a game seven touchdowns I mean that's the x factor that's the guy you have to stop the weirdest thing to me Matt and this is like football guy things that you know I kind of understand kind of don't Derrick Henry's been a beast, but Ryan Tannehill has been sacked 20 times. So I guess their offensive line can block down, but they can't back up and block, a.k.a. they can run block, they can't pass block. To me, that's like that's just so interesting to me. It's such like a football guy thing, but like, what, I don't know what's wrong with their pass protection. Well, Luke, let me go in here and find his yards after contact and see if that has anything to do with it. Oh, wow. You're going deep into the, the archive. Yeah, that? I mean – Derrick Henry kind of blocks for himself. I mean, he is that big, yeah. but it is kind of interesting to have the best running back, but also the quarterback's been sacked 20 times. Luke, would you try to, would you attempt to tackle um, Derrick Henry for any amount of money? Uh, For any amount, yeah. I mean, you'd put a, that would hurt so bad. I'd be like Josh Norman, but like work. If I like, gave I'd you like six figures. Oh, easily. I'd do it for like a grand, to be honest. Really? I mean, what's the worst you could do? Like, give me a concussion? I don't know. That's a good question. Did you find the research? No, it's Did not, it's not to... on ESPN.com. I will find it in a second. No, I think that's a uh, that's a pro football uh, – or not, that's a uh, football reference uh, conversation, I believe. Um, pro but football yeah, reference. I'll keep Here we go. Yes. Derrick Henry in 2020, so last year. What do I find? Is it is it yak yards after contact? Last year he had a thousand yards after contact. Uh makes about half his yards were, but let's find this year. Led the league last year, I might add. In that. Oh, did uh, 
Let's see here. Advanced rushing and receiving numbers, Luke. In 2020, his yards after contact is 278. His total yards is 640. So it's less. So slightly, yes. It's about between a third and a half. uh, Two yards after contact per rush. And if you want to go to his yards... Okay, so two yards after contact, two and a half yards before contact. So they're they're giving him, I guess, a decent size hole. Uh, I would love to have a real football guy break this down for us further, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's running after contact for five yards, right? He's getting a couple yards and then going down, so it's not like the offensive line has been awful, but it's not like it's been great for the run block. The biggest story, though, of course, coming out of Buffalo this week is that the Buffalo Bills have red flagged me. I, I don't know if I'm sure people have seen the trend of uh, the red flag emoji uh, and people saying, you know, what's a red flag? And the Buffalo Bills tweeted today that it is a red flag to dip your uh, wings in ranch, which, if you know me, you know I'm a big ranch guy. I love ranch. I always have to have a bottle on me, dip it in pizza, dip my wings in it, dip vegetables in it, dip chicken. I'll dip anything in ranch. Um, but look, I've I've seen this take for a long time. I understand the Buffalo mentality is blue cheese, but I can't quit it, Matt. I'm a ranch guy through and through. I'm surprised that the Buffalo mentality is just blue cheese. I thought that they're an equal opportunity uh, wing dipper. No, they're not. They're huge blue tree, blue cheese guys. Um, they're hardos. They're real hardos for blue cheese. I don't understand why. I don't know. Like, what's wrong with ranch? Like, what is the issue? It, it's I like the texture a little bit better. I like the consistency a little bit better than blue cheese. That's just my style. Well, I'm one of those blue cheese hardos, Luke. I think it's delicious. But I, I didn't think that okay. Buffalo would say the same thing. Now, now are you going to have to cancel the bills? I might have to. Uh, I can't, though, right? I mean, they've, they've done so much for me What this have they year. done for you? Um, In the grand scheme of things, what have they done for you? Nothing. They've won a lot of games. That makes They've won you games just, a lot of games the last two years. What about your entire life? They've been embarrassing to you. They've been an embarrassment to you. That's true. Usually an embarrassment. Never terrible, though. That, that's the thing about the Bills. They were never a Jets bad. They were never a one-win, a two-win team. They're always like a, a five-six-win team, which isn't all that great. But they, they always made you think maybe. Now, now, Luke, I got two questions for you. or One idea and one, one question for you. The first idea, I think they need a week, a week long cancellation. So this week they're canceled. You're not watching the Bills on Sunday. They're canceled. Well, they play Monday, so you're right. I will not watch the Bills on Sunday. You, you won't watch them on Monday either, will you? Because they're canceled. I. Well, here's the thing. I will not be in the country. I don't know how that works. I don't know if the Dominican Republic has ESPN. I don't know how that works. I'm I'm very, very dumb when it comes to that. We'll see what happens. I guess. Yeah, if, I don't know. If and I don't. Event, will you bring your laptop and do the show from Costa Rica or from the Dominican? I don't think I would do that. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think the wife will allow me to watch the Bills game. We'll see. Um, you know, obviously it is the honeymoon, so if I have to get up, I have to get up. But it's a bye week the next week, so it's like that'd be two weeks without. I feel like that's right. I feel like that's a long time. Second question for you: Will your you know future child? Will you throw them through a table? You know, oh, the little the christening, whatever it's called. Yes, the little baby. Are, are table. you doing that? I, yes. Well, I'm kind of a fraud because I don't know if I, don't know, I guess not that many people have seen the video, but I couldn't break the table. I couldn't get through it. It's it's tough. It's real. 
The people that do it impress me. Like it, it's hard to get. But you were in a tough spot there. There's not a lot of room. You couldn't get the the air on yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. We should bring a table for your wedding and, and smash you through the table. A lot of people have said that. I think that would be a bad idea. I'm I'm gonna say that. So? I don't want I don't want to come up injured. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you I have a big so. night. I, 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 you know, the, the, that night you got a big, big night. It's right. Uh, I've heard that the sh- the shout song will be played at the at the reception. So that that'll be good. What about Whoopty? I don't know if Whoopty will be played. It's not. It's not on my list, but it could be requested. Um, I might have to make that work. I don't know. I think I need to see your parents dancing to Whoopty. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk some Giants, man. Let's talk some Giants because they not only suffered a, a major loss on the field, 44-20 to 20 to the Dallas Cowboys, they also suffered a lot of injuries. Uh, first of all, uh, Saquon Barkley rolled his ankle. Uh, Kenny Galladay left with a knee injury. They're both looking like they're going to be week to week. Uh, they're already missing Sterling Shepard. They're already missing Darius Slayton. Kadarius Tony is nursing an ankle injury. And then on top of it all, Daniel Jones uh, gets a concussion trying to go for the end zone, kind of went in head first. Uh, he looks like he might be good to play on Sunday, but if he does play, Matt, he is down quite a few weapons. I, I hope he doesn't play. There, there, is no sh- there is no doubt in my mind that he's going to have some severe, you know, brain injury or head injury if he plays this weekend. You know, Aaron Donald might not play, but that doesn't matter. You know, you, you don't have the best offensive line. Even if you did, he's going to take a hit or two, and, and I don't think he's going to be quite ready for it just yet. You know, you, we've seen all the, the head trauma and head injury. Uh, discussion, you know, if if he if he's clear, then you play him. But I just I hope he he takes the week off, which which is tough because this is a game against LA that you don't necessarily expect to win with Daniel Jones in your lineup, but you certainly are not winning this game with Mike Glennon as your quarterback, and and that's tough because you're sitting there at one and four. You need to win games. You're trying to make the playoffs. You're trying to keep. You know, Dave Gettleman is GMing for his job, and the team's falling apart with the injuries and you can't blame Dave Gellman for that, right? You can blame him for a lot of things. The team being poorly constructed being one of them, but if they end up having a, you know, a stretch where they end up starting the season one and seven, a lot of those kind of come down on injury because if the Giants were fully healthy against the Cowboys, maybe they break, you know, maybe able to do something in that second half. You know, Daniel Jones holds the ball a bit longer. The defense is a little bit, you know, more well rested, put up more points. Maybe there's a chance against Dallas. But regardless, this is a really tough break and a tough spot to be in for this giant season. Yeah, I don't mind the play call. I think it's a good attempt, and it wasn't really as much as it was head first as much as it was lowering the head, right, to try to muscle your way through. But, n- no, when I think head first, I think of him, like, diving head first. So, I, I guess you're right. 
but I wanted to kind of re reassess it for. I I wanted to re-explain it for for my mindset because I don't want you know our our great fan sitting here thinking oh he just dove head first. Yes, I think what you said miss miss uh, represents what he did. No, it's it's. Now I feel bad. The way you said I'm sorry, but but you know all all, all word parsing aside, he did what he had to do to score right. Would you rather him, you know, be like Cam Newton in the Super Bowl and take an L and, and not try and fight? Like, that's who he is. He's going to fight for those yards. Now, look, the next step in his development is to learn how to protect himself, right? Is Lamar Jackson making that play? Probably not. You know, maybe you don't lower the head. Maybe you just try to muscle your way in anyway. So it'll take development, and, and you hope he's okay. But this is part of that learning curve that he has to go through. He's not, and I think he, to me, feels like the biggest difference maker on this team because you talk about Galladay, he's a good, set, steady, talented wide receiver one. He doesn't have the dynamic play that Kadarius Tony has, right? He feels there's an energy every time he touches the ball, and I don't think you've seen that with this team since year one of Barkley or really since Odell Beckham Jr., who is – so exciting to watch, comes in and out every you know every single game, and and there's an excitement to watch him play. It's appointment television, was what it is. And say what you want about it taking time for them to get him into the game plan. They finally got him there, right? They brought him in, and I think that's all that matters for this team moving forward. Get him the ball six, seven times a game at the very least, whether you want to do a jet sweep, a wildcat-style play. Get him his touches because he's going to make big plays for you. So he's a guy that can throw the ball too. Like you use him all over the place if, if you're the Giants. But the ultimate question here for the Giants, I mean, we talked about it last week. They're one and three. If they could win a game in Dallas, they're back on track. But now, I mean, they might actually be the worst team in this division. The Eagles are pretty bad. Um, but now they're, you know, they're two and three now. The, the Giants sit at one and four. They've got the Rams. And then, I mean, you mentioned it uh, before the show. It's, it's a little bit less daunting when you see Panthers, Chiefs, Raiders, as it would have been a few weeks ago. So there's certainly still some chances for this team to get wins. But the way Dallas is playing right now, I mean, you're already three games behind them. Uh, I guess the wild card is, is the only option for this team. And, and for me, man, I don't really see it. No, I don't either. And I think I wrote it down, Luke. Um, if they go 2-2 two and two in these next four games before the bye week, that would be beating 
that'd be beating Carolina and Vegas, losing to LA and losing at KC. They need to go six and two to be nine and eight. And that's when you maybe get the wild card. And I just I don't see that happening. So you know, we'll see what happens. Now, do I want to go out there and say that they are worse than the Eagles? I don't know. I, I really don't like this Eagles team. You know, you want to talk about the, the, the guys that they've played? You know, they beat the Falcons, so give them credit. They beat the Panthers. Give them credit. But you know what? The Giants haven't played the Panthers just yet, right? The Giants haven't played really anyone aside from the Cowboys to some extent. So, and, and it'll be interesting to see. But I just, I don't know how, I, it might be my stupid brain telling me that the Eagles are bad, but may, you know, maybe they, maybe the Giants are the worst team in, in this division, which for them, not the worst thing in the world. Get yourself a couple high picks, especially with that uh, Chicago draft pick. Now, I think the interesting thing, Luke, is this will be a lot like what the Jets went through. Do you keep Sam Donald? Do you move on from it? Or you know, do you keep Sam? Do you move on from it? Do you keep Daniel Jones? Do you move on from him? If he keeps playing the way he's playing, I think you trade the highest pick you've got to see if anyone's quarterback hungry just because there is no Zach Wilson coming out of this draft. There is no top clear-cut quarterback really option out of this draft. No, it's a really, really bad class. And I think also, I think Daniel Jones has impressed me with the Giants more than Sam Darnold did with the Jets. I mean, you can see it with the arm. You can see it with the legs. You can see it. He's definitely improved with his decision-making as well. So I think he's the guy. And I think it's not a bad draft to have two first-round picks when some really good defensive guys on the board, um, some good skill positions as well. So the Giants certainly, they could use some awesome offensive line help still too. Um, but yeah, this year it seems pretty rough. And I'm not saying that them or the Eagles, or the Eagles are actually good. I don't think the Eagles are good, but the Giants defense has just disappeared. Like I, I don't know what happened between last season and this year. They don't get to the quarterback. They don't defend well in the secondary. Uh, they're not tackling as well in the linebacker core. Obviously Blake Martinez missing is, is a big reason for that, but this defense, Matt, is just atrocious now. Yeah, it's not good. And I think both of those picks that you have in that first round should go to your defense because it could be a quick fix, right? It, it really could. Next year, Barkley's back to 100%, not dealing with an ankle injury anymore. You've still got a lot of the weapons you have. You hope that Andrew Thomas continues to develop. Matt Pert's only getting better as a young third-round pick. The weapons are there. Your offense maybe needs an offensive lineman just to solidify it, but how many more offensive linemen can you take in the first round, right? You had Will Hernandez in the second with a high pick. You brought in Nate Solder. You have Andrew Thomas with a fourth-round pick. Where else are you bringing in guys, right? I, I don't know where else they go. Do they play, you know, left tackle in, instead or whatever it is? I just – I don't know. I, th- I think you go defense-heavy in the draft. Very quickly, Matt, I know we have to get to our picks. Jets lost last week. They're on a bye this week. They stink. Uh, 27-20. I was going to ask, what are your thoughts? Because you were very excited for that game. And frankly, the, the first half, the first quarter Jets have been literally one of the worst teams ever. It's, it's mind-blowing how slow they've been starting games. They had six yards in the first half, or in the first quarter. 80 in the first half. Um, not very good. Uh, for some reason, Zach Wilson can't throw the ball, you know, short intermediate passes. But from what I've listened to with some experts, I think it was Steve Young or Dan Orlovsky said that, He's trying to take a little bit off his balls when he's throwing it shorter because he doesn't want to throw it too hard at his guys. But he's got to learn to just whip it at them because they can make those catches. I think he can eventually learn to do that throughout the season. But, he, you know, he, he's got the, the it factor, right? He's got that Josh Allen long ball. He's got the escapability and the creativity that Patrick Mahomes has. Now it's about cleaning things up and learning how to throw the short pass. And, you know, Josh Allen wasn't perfect 
in his first season. Patrick Mahomes was great in his second year, which was his first year playing and starting. But he also had a full season to learn the mechanics at the NFL level, to learn what works and sit behind Alex Smith. And for Zach Wilson, he was thrown into the fire, and it'll be a long development process, you know, this year into next year, where next year you hope this team makes the playoffs. This year you want to see Zach Wilson learn to make those throws and, and learn to bring up his completion percentage because 19 for 32 is not good enough in this league. Yeah, I think the most disappointing part was the missing of the short passes. I mean, you'll take it if he's missing deep balls and things like that, but he was missing real real simple plays. So hopefully he'll he'll clean yeah. that up and it's time. He'll get, he'll get there though. Yeah, I, I think he'll get there. But I think the biggest disappointment was like, you know, he looked really good the week before and kind of took a little step back, but plenty of time to correct. It's a good time to have a bye week. It's a weird game. You're going to London, so you know, a little bit of a pass there. Time for everyone's favorite segment. That is the the NFL picks. Oh, uh, I thought Matt it was Denzel Rule. Mims watch. Okay, Denzel Mims watch. He's still not getting anything. Uh, two receptions for 33 yards. That's true. There we go. 27 yard long. Eight snaps. How about that? Down down two from last week, but he got two receptions. He I mean, him. eight snaps, two catches. That's that's pretty pretty solid. Three targets. Yeah. How about yeah. that? He's targeted yeah, on Zach almost half him. of his snaps. Ten minutes to go, Matt. Let's get into our picks. Last week, a real rough one for you. You went one, four, and one. I went three, one, and two. The two is uh, I, I, I pushed my my lock, which was the Packers, which was just an insane game, and it was stupid, and I don't even know what happened. Um, but now I'm three and a half games ahead, so maybe you got a little ahead of yourself after uh, one good week. Um, that's my whole thing, Luke. Is I'm gonna keep you know getting ahead of myself every single time, whether it's in fantasy or in in this these picks, Luke. I'll keep doing it, and it it hasn't bit me yet, so. All right, oh, real so real do- question for you though, which probably should be asked off air, but I'll do it on air here. Uh, next week, do you want to send me your picks, and I'll do a little, and we'll do a little graphic. Do you want to hop on a call for thirty three minutes and do it? Probably just a graphic, sure. right? Yeah, I'll probably just send you my picks. That'll probably be the, the easier option. I don't know what the the sell situation is going to be, but I should be able to send them in. I forget you've never like been to another country. Like no. you'll you'll probably have Wi Fi in, in the resort. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. I'll. I'll be. So here. you could figure it out. Yeah, I'll send them in. I. Are you I don't bringing, are you bringing your PlayStation to play Call of Duty with us? No, I'm not. I'm not. Sad. That'd be a real hassle to get through uh, security. You know, customs. Yeah. Yeah, especially when I'd be I'd be killing people on Call of Duty. So it's it's a it's a tough sell to to customs. Red flag. You're right. That's right. Since I am the king, Matt, I will I'll kick us off this week. Why not? I looked at the board. I'm not going to lie. I don't love it. I really don't. I, I really liked the board last week. Um, but this week, I'm a little bit more uh, cautious. But my first pick, trap game. Chargers at Ravens. The Ravens are a three-point favorite. I like the Ravens. I know the Chargers have looked really good to start the year. Uh, and the Ravens struggled a little bit last year. But they're at home. West Coast coming. Uh, West Coast team coming east. Vegas knows something. I mean, it feels like the Chargers have been the better team. Baltimore gets three. Maybe it's just because they're the home team. I'm buying it. I like the way Lamar Jackson's played. I think their defense looked better in the second half. I think they build on that, and I'll take Baltimore minus three as my first pick. But I am a little worried. It feels like a trap. It certainly does. That's a weird game to roll with. I'm not, I wouldn't be too confident in it. I thought you were going to love the Chargers. I really did. Uh, but, uh, see, the issue is I'm anti-Chargers, so I can't pick the Chargers. Oh, ever. I forgot you're anti-Chargers. Ooh. ooh. Oh wow! I haven't seen this until just now, Luke. This is this is borderline lock of the week. It's not wow. because I think I like some other picks better. But Dallas 
minus three and a half against Pittsburgh or, or against uh, the Patriots. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Minus three and a half. They just smoked the Giants. Mac Jones stinks. The Patriots stink. This is oh, this is an easy money. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that one. That, that was my second pick. Dallas minus three and a half. This feels like it could be one of those games where maybe New England keeps it close, but like you said, they've been playing bad. The Cowboys look really good. I think that continues. I mean, Mac Jones is just he's very conservative. Uh the Pat, Pats really haven't let him go all that much. They don't have a lot of weapons offensively. And the Cowboys offense looks great. Their defense, you know, maybe it is boosted by some turnovers, but they seem to be getting turnovers every single week. So I like Dallas minus three and a half as well. Yeah. So I've got some games written down, Luke. Now it's about time to to make those selections. Uh, Denver could be one of them. I'm I, I don't know if I can go with Denver yet. I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot going on in that Denver and, and Vegas matchup that I don't want to necessarily touch with all, with all the unknowns and uncertainty. Um, give me the Packers minus four and a half against the Bears. That that's a matchup I feel pretty confident in. I feel like I've picked Green Bay quite a bit in the history of these picks, and they haven't let me down too bad. They haven't let me down too bad. Um, they're one, one and one, I think, when I pick them. So Green Bay minus four and a half taking on the Chicago Bears on the road. I like Green Bay in this game. We have a very, uh, I think we have very similar thoughts going on this week. But my third pick, I'm going to take Denver minus three and a half against the Raiders. Um, we all, I mean, we didn't talk about it today, but there's a lot going on with the Raiders right now. A lot of bad stuff. Uh, interim head coach coming in. And, and frankly, they looked pretty bad last week. I mean, they lost to Chicago. Denver, not a great team, as we've kind of learned, but they're great at home. They've only allowed two touchdowns at home this year. Um, they've also covered the spread in all their home games this year. So I'm going to take Denver minus three and a half uh, to win that game over the Raiders. It's just the Raiders are also one and five their last six going to Denver. So that's just such a tough place to play. So I'll take Denver minus three and a half. Yeah, and I'll make this one quick, Luke. Give me the Rams minus nine and a half against the Giants. Wow. I I'm out on the Giants. There's too many injuries. I, I don't think Daniel Jones is the, same, is the same player. And this is a, a Rams team that's got a great defense and has a very, very good offense. And I think those two things make it very tough for the Giants. You know, I think the Rams are better than the Cowboys are, right? That's a fairly easy thing to say. And the Cowboys beat the Giants by 24. The Rams are only a nine and a half point favorite. So I think it's it could be two touchdowns, right? Or it could be a touchdown and field goal, but I think the Rams get it done. Yeah, I like that pick. My next pick is a is a real spite pick. Panthers really let me down last week. Minnesota minus one on the road. This is the the Sam Darnold's a fraud uh, game because he looked bad last week. The Panthers looked sloppy. They had a punt block late in the game. They lost to the Eagles. Minnesota they they won. It was ugly against Detroit, but to me, I think Minnesota is going to win this game. I think they're a better team. This is a huge game for for playoff implications. The NFC because. That wild card spot, I think that those last couple wild card spots are going to come down to teams like the Vikings and the Panthers. I think the Vikings win this game. I like the minus one. So, so look, my, my last two picks that I was thinking of, because I've already got my lock considered, was Buffalo and Minnesota. And the end cool. result is I trust Minnesota. I trust Buffalo, rather, excuse me, more than I trust Minnesota. So I'll go m- Buffalo minus five and a half, taking on Tennessee. Tennessee needs this game. Don't get me wrong. They need wins a little bit more than the Bills. I, you know, I just think that they need it for the, the morale, things like that, yada, yada. But the Bills are just a way better team. They're rolling. I love the way Josh Allen's been playing. I am concerned a little bit with Derrick Henry. However, Luke, you, you said in the pre-show meeting 
the Bills are rolling like eight different players. And I think that's really big, you know, on their defensive line, I should say. And when you roll that many players, you keep them fresh. I think they make the tackles on Derrick Henry, and I don't think he tires out this Bills defense as much as he did, say, the Jets defense or, you know, a typical defense that doesn't have that defensive line depth. Yeah, this is a, that's a tough game. I think the Bills should win and cover that five and a half, but you never know. I'm not going to touch it. But I'm going to lock in a pick that – I can't believe I'm doing this again, Matt. I'm going to lock in the Green Bay Packers, minus four and a half. It's risky, I know. I, I did it last week and it didn't work out, but they're it a lot better. It did work out, though. That's true. I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll, take, a, I'll take a push. But to me, when you look at this, this Packers team and this Bears team, the Bears – yeah, they're three and two, but their offense is not good. I'm sorry. I, I, I want Justin Fields to succeed. I still think he can. But against the Lions and the Raiders, he wasn't all that impressive. Uh, I think their defense kind of stepped it up. But against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, that just seems like an unstoppable force right now. I think they I think the Packers blow out the Bears, even on the road. I think they win this game by ten. So give me the Packers. Minus four and a half, lock it in. Yeah. I, I don't hate it, Luke. I actually picked Green Bay myself. Um, a lot of big lines out there that I'm that I'm favoring, Luke. A, a four and a half in Green Bay, a nine and a half for the Rams, five and a half for Buffalo, and a six and a half point favorite in the Kansas City, City Chiefs taking oh, on the Washington pick. football team. Oh, I love that pick. Washington stinks. Their offense is horrible. Their defense is even worse. And the Chiefs need this win. I mean, this is a two and three Chiefs team. Two and three. They need as many wins as they can. They're the worst in their division at the moment. You know you know they're not at the end of the season. They won't be. So I've got to go Kansas City. They figure this out. I think they win big. This is a statement game for Patrick Mahomes after an embarrassing loss to Buffalo. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think Kansas City is going to bounce back in a big way. It's kind of like that Eagles pick where it's like coming off a loss uh, where I think maybe both of them. I know I took Kansas City. Uh, yeah, we both did. We took Kansas City minus seven, and they – they absolutely beat up on the Eagles. I think the same thing happens. Washington's defense, pretty fraudulent. Um, you kind of ran through years, but I got one Denver, three and a half. Dallas minus three and a half. Baltimore minus three. Green Bay minus four and a half. I just realized, Matt, we both took five favorites. So this is bound to, to really bite us in the rear. Well, well, last week, Luke, or I took two underdogs, and they both lost. So there you go. So I guess it's, anything's possible. Um, You've got to make up some games, and we've got – uh, the similar game in Green Bay and in Dallas, so we got two two of the same picks, Matt. So it doesn't. Hey, there's a lot we got of time. time. You, we you got time. More to make your picks. We got time. I, I have the the potential and the ability to to take you down. I think I'll do it. I think I'll win this week or this season, I should say. And you'll be eating a nice piece of salmon by the end of this uh by the end of this football season. I hope when you were home, you told your barber that you'll you'll be back down at some point to get a fresh buzz. No, I, I didn't because it's not happening. Well, that will be all the time we have here on the Walling and Owen Show. But uh, we'll be off next week. We'll hopefully be back the week after that. Make sure to follow us uh, on Twitter uh, at, what are we, at Watling and Owens? I should know these yep. things. At Watling and Owens uh, to, to stay tuned with all the updates. Thanks for listening, whether it be on Twitch or wherever you get your podcast. Right, rate, five-star, subscribe, drop a comment. Thank you guys for listening to the Watling and Owens Show here on Football Wednesday.